and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to the episode of Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my true partner, Anthony. This is another judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So, Anthony, how are you feeling today? I'm asking I'm s- that. <laughs> I'm asking that because today, Anthony actually went to a judo tournament in early in the morning. It's actually still going on right now as we speak. Yeah. But here in Southern California, there's a huge tournament. I'm not, we're not going to name what it is and stuff, but it's a really cool tournament because they have karate, kendo, and judo all happening at the same mat at the same time. I just like how I was like, I'm not going to name what tournament it is. And then you're like, hmm, I wonder what other tournament that's held in Southern California once a year that has kendo, judo, and karate. <laughs> <laughs> well it, with all terms there's good and bad stuff it's a really yeah. cool term to go to because you go there and we're all doing bushido yeah. right there we're all showing samurai spirit by doing grappling striking and a weapon martial art and it's really no, cool because yeah it's you go inside there and you just see uh usually this is held in long beach but for some reason this year wasn't held in long beach yeah so i think the venue was uh from what i saw from pictures it was a little bit smaller because usually we have three judo mats, sometimes four. A little bit. <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know. You were there, brother, not no, me. No, no, no. So uh, this tournament is usually, like you said, held in the pyramid in Long Beach, right? Oh, That's okay. where they yeah, hold. Okay. Yeah. Might as well. It's held in the pyramid <laughs> in, in Long Beach and... Um, that's where they hold the sumo national, USA sumo nationals. That's where they hold the uh, jujitsu mm-hmm. worlds. Um, Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu world. So it's a, it's a great venue. I used to coach the kids there. I went there twice uh, before this, uh, before COVID. I went, I coached kids there twice and always smoothly run the mat. It was the same amount of mats. I think there was only two mats. Um, still only two mats, but the only difference is there was a warm up area for you to stretch mm-hmm. and um, do warm ups and stuff. Um, that didn't happen this time, obviously. Um, the, the venue we went to this time is Cypress College. It was so small, mm-hmm. like, and I have a little bit of claustrophobia, um, not like mm-hmm. in the sense that I freak out, but my body starts like sweating profusely when it's crowded. So, um, You're in a tight space. Yeah. And, and I'm like looking for always looking for exits and stuff like, like, like whether there's a fire, what if like people we were on the bleachers on the web, everyone on top of me falls down, how am I going to escape? Like I, my mind just starts racing in that kind of sense. So, um, and that makes my back like just start sweating profusely. So anyway, the venue is much smaller, super crowded. We were okay. I, w- I won't say what I was about to say. I almost said it. but uh, Yeah. Basically it was just really crowded. Right. Um, uh-huh. We should, we should make like a, a premium Patreon thing where I say, <laughs> we reveal what I was about to say or something like that. We create a Patreon. We just talk <laughs> shit. <laughs> so you guys were talking shit last time. Hey Juan, apparently there's no one in your weight class. Looks like you had to go to hundred plus actually. No, I don't want, I don't want to cause any, cause I thought about there might be some legal consequences for what I was mm. about to say. So I'm not going to say it. Um, even if you guys pay me, so, <laughs> uh, pay me. but yeah, it was really hot. Uh, there's no room to stand, uh, no room to put our bags. There's no changing area. Mm-hmm. There was only one restroom. And one men's and one. I was no, there at like uh, seven. One men's, one women's. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just one, one restroom there's, for everyone. <laughs> there's, there's others, but they're all locked. Like I, it was on. A, it was a huge campus, and I was walking around looking for other restrooms. It was all mm-hmm. locked, and there was a huge line out the restroom. And I got there at seven thirty, and usually when I because I have coffee in the morning 
And then when I get to a tournament venue, I usually use the restroom before anyone else goes because that <laughs> over the day, over the time, it gets more and more disgusting, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was there at seven thirty when it opened. They they weren't even done setting them up the mats yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they were setting up the mats, and then like Matthew, the, my teammate, like he went to the the restroom and he was like. It's, it's already like there's shit everywhere right? <laughs> like literally there's like oh, there's, someone missed the toilet shit on the walls already oh my god so i was like oh god so um <laughs> so i tried to look for other restroom and i was like okay i guess i have to go to that one right and then i was, I was about to start my match soon so i went there there was a short line um there's only three urinals and one stall and luckily I only had to pee. So I went to pee, but then like someone came out of the, the, the stall and another guy went in. And all I heard was, oh shit. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Oh my <laughs> someone, God. Someone missed. Did he kill someone here. missed or something. <laughs> someone missed. <laughs> someone missed. How do you miss the whole this big? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, oh God. So anyway, I feel bad for whoever had to go clean that shit up. Number two in there. Yeah. Or whoever has to clean it up. I didn't see it. So all right. I just so, came back out. <laughs> I talk about PCs again now. Okay. I don't know about PCs. So um one of the about this tournament is that it's normally a single person bracket tournament. You go in there individually, you fight. The thing about this year that it changed was that it was a team tournament this year. I think it's because uh, the venue is so much smaller that they decided yeah. to, even though it's so, the same amount of mats, they wanted to go through faster, I think. Yeah. So it was a three on three person tournament this year. Uh, so three on three person team tournament. Minimum um, of two. A minimum of two. Yeah, yep. you can't be a one-man team by yourself. Yep. You're just gonna lose two matches and like, sorry, you're done. But um, so th- it did that. So normally it's a single man per- turn single person tournament. This year is a three-man tournament. That also didn't come out till almost a week ago or two <laughs> almost a week. Two, two it was like ago. two it and a half came weeks. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we're just waiting. Like, look, well, first I was, the tournament I was... just came up. First the tournament just came yeah. up the day after Golden State Open. I mean, no, a Golden State game, California State Games. Mm-hmm. So the day of California State Games, they put up a thing. They're like, oh, yeah, we're having a knock turn. We're having a knock turn. We're having the this tournament at this time. And I was like, what? Like, this is a month away or yeah. a little less than a it month away. It was really away. fast. I was like, yep. this is a little less than a month away. We're actually going to do this. So we keep looking at the website being like, when's it going to come up? When's the link's going to come up to register? People want to know if they're going to compete or not. Because originally, we were going to make this for one of our kids' tournaments. Be like, we're going to yeah, send we were, our youth class there. We we're, we're telling the kids there. Is, Cause it's a very good small tournament for beginners and kids to go to. And then in the end, it's like, okay, how are we going to pair up people around the same weight classes? Like you have, yeah. you had to start putting people around close, close and weight classes together. And we're like, you know what? Screw it. So Philippe just ended up putting up, putting together some teams and sending, yeah. and he asked me to go so and I'm like, Oh sure. Why not? We ended up sending, we'd sent five teams. Did we? Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah. It was five teams. Teams. So we had four men's teams, uh, two, one, four men's team. Yeah, four men's, one ladies team, uh, two heavyweight and two lightweight teams, right? Uh, two heavyweight, one middleweight, and uh, yeah, I think two middleweight. I don't, I, we didn't have any lightweight men. So <laughs> yeah, that's not light enough. Yeah, that's another thing. People, people who come visit our dojos are always asking, mm-hmm. do you guys have heavyweights? I'm like, yes, we only have, we mm-hmm. mostly have, we have heavy a lot of people. 
we have a lot of heavy people and where i'm not talking about like fat people like mm-hmm. people when they think heavyweight they think like some out of shape like past prime black belt like 100 plus that's good yeah 100 plus but no we have like athletic tall like heavyweights so that's why we always tell people like you can't find training partners come to our open mat on saturdays mm-hmm. but um yeah other dojos mostly kids so they have plenty of lightweights and stuff like that so but yeah we had i i can't remember off the top of my head i don't want to take up too much time but i'm pretty sure off the top of my head two heavyweights one middleweight uh no two middleweights yeah two middleweights and then we have the ladies and so the 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 late the ladies the team that they fought they were like when i saw them like damn they're kind of big compared to our <laughs> ladies oh yeah and of course they got ragdolled a bit oh so. no boo so how do we do at the tournament so far like i haven't heard from anybody how you i know uh you guys so you we had two we had in your bracket the heavyweight men we had two teams in one bracket so it was hollywood mm-hmm. a and hollywood b going against some other hollywood team. they called us hollywood one and hollywood two hollywood one yeah. hollywood two <laughs> okay. yeah so um the other team was supposed to be the other hollywood is supposed to be masters they're mm-hmm. supposed to be done the masters bracket uh the i keep calling masters it's called veterans now right they're mm-hmm. over 40 over 40. um and we were the the, the 30s ish like age bracket right but i think the they only had another team in the our bracket the seniors mm-hmm. so they asked Philippe, whether they want to put our master, our veterans bracket with the seniors. So we ended up fighting one other dojo and our own dojo. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. And then I think ultimately the, the veterans bracket even got canceled. Like, mm. I think they just was like, what? It's just not worth it. There's only no one, one other it team. Was just so us. they just canceled. <laughs> okay. I think they, they all ended up fighting in multiple brackets anyway. So mm-hmm. they're like, we already fought already. I don't want to wait all day. And you guys are behind on schedule. So I might as well just cancel it. So th- I think that's mm-hmm. what happened. I think that's what yeah. happened. They, canc- they ended up canceling that. Um, but uh, one guy on my team got a concussion. He was actually winning. So if he like held out for another like 20 seconds, I think he mm-hmm. might have, um, we might have like tied. I had a three-way tie in the end. And we might have had mm-hmm. to have a tiebreaker. But because he had a concussion and he was up, it was already, they, they'd still like disqualified. Like he had, um, he lost basically. So we oh, ended up third. Uh, yeah, we ended up third out of three. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, again, as a team format, right? Uh, personally, I, I won one and I lost one. And I beat the other dojo, but I lost to Ramiro, the guy at our club that I never ever beat. <laughs> <You lost laughs> like, team, I never ever beat, I never beat him. Um, I know like my usual stuff wouldn't work on him because I try at the dojo and it doesn't work. So I tried something new. Like I tried to do like a, a weird angle Sumigaishi with an over to the top grip that I never do to him. So I want to mm-hmm. see like whether I can catch him off guard. And he just like saw it coming and then he just like jumped over me and then like <laughs> pinned me. And <laughs> so <laughs> like, and then afterwards he was like, oh, thank no. Then afterwards, he talked to you while he was training you. Easy on like, me. oh, good job. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. don't do that. <laughs> no. I, afterwards, he was like, "Thanks for going easy on me." I'm like, "No, I just like pulled, tried something different. <laughs> I wanted to try something different because I know all the stuff I usually do is not going to work on you." 
So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's how we, how, how it ended up. And, uh, I based not counting that I basically had one match. And mm-hmm. for those who don't know, this is my first tournament since I had knee surgery. So I thought it was pretty good. Um, well, the venue wasn't nice and it was super hot, but it was for the amount of time I had to wait there for one match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. Okay. I think I showed up at seven thirty. I said, and then I fought at like ten thirty. Mm-hmm. So it's like what three and a half hour wait. It's That's not, not too, too bad, bad for no, we... one or two for two matches. Yeah. yeah, and it was just one match. I got to test my knee out. My knee feels pretty good. It's my back that's been bothering me. I I, I don't know if I mentioned it last pot last episode, but. You are your knee. I landed on your yeah. knee. We did when the we were doing rendering backbreaker to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I landed on Juan's knee during Rondori, and ever since then, my back's been kind of sore on some days. And then it felt better. And then I did Rondori, and then it was sore again. So going into the tournament, I felt fine. And then like now that I'm home, like my back's a little sore again. Um, I bent a nail, so I have a brute. I have like a black spot on my nail. And my, uh, I think I got kicked pretty hard on my calf. So my calf's a little in pain right now, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel most of that until I got home. So. Oh yeah. You're to get a little Overall, pretty good. Tournament. Yeah. Like hey, at least you Yeah, walk. yeah, yeah. So I, so I think the next tournament I'm going to go to is probably going to be the winter nationals. Mm-hmm. That'll be the one that I'll go to. I feel pretty good. And I know why I need to work on, like I went into this tournament wanting to get an Uchimata win, mm-hmm. but Man, that guy was strong. Like you got to go to So I had to go I, with like I saw yeah, the video. Yeah, you came I, in, I had you hooked to go the leg, with, and yeah. you got it. Yeah, so I I went for what I saw, and it was so the place was so loud. I only heard. Um, this is one another complaint I have. the The way that the um, the mats were oriented were that you you know how like the left and right side have of the the blue side and the white side have to be facing the the referees tape, the table, the scoring table, yeah. but the coaches, the coaches chairs aren't always like on the same side. They're like perpendicular sometimes. And when they're perpendicular, only one side, one athlete, the athlete that's closest to the coach's chair can hear the coaches talk. And the guy on the far side cannot hear the coaches. So when I was on the far side, I couldn't hear a single word that Philippe was saying. So I just heard something about over the over the back, and so I grabbed over the back, and I just like hooked the whole guy and got it. So, but that's one annoying thing I hate about that. It's like it doesn't really. It's not that much of a trouble for you to put the chairs on the on the side so that it's it's equal, it's fair, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, but it sounded like it was a fun tournament, though. For me, it, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, pretty fun. Uh, other than starting late and then. Um, Oh, they also didn't have a microphone that worked. So mm-hmm. it was really hard to hear over the crowd who's up next. I actually almost yeah. missed my match. Um, yeah, all the stuff like that. And then hot as hell. There's no air. Like, I'm not even talking about AC. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about air. There's no air. And um, so there was no like no windows, do- or windows, like doors oh, open or anything. There's two, there's like two nothing. doors open. There's two doors open. That was it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's no changing area, no warm well, area. Yeah. Well, let's hope next year that they go back to the pyramid or choose a better venue. Cause I remember years ago, like I want to say maybe five years ago or more, um, California state games, one of my favorite tournaments to go to 
had a very similar situation where they went to uh they usually had they used to have their stuff always at the fairplex which is the county yeah. fair area county fair out here um but they changed it so now they go to different venues but they went to this high school first out in pomona and this high school was one way smaller i know the which AC one you're talking did, about the ac did not work again there was only like there was front doors to get into the place but the back doors like did it led to like the locker room area so there's like mm -hmm. no cross air no breeze people were dropping like flies people were getting dehydrated people were just like how long is my mask gonna take screw it i'm gone people were leaving that, that was the one where we had like two or three people that just said like screw it we're leaving yeah. yeah, and actually, the next year after that tournament, they actually posted on their flyer on their on their page of stuff. This year, the AC will be working. So I don't know if yeah. they just decided not to turn the AC on to save money, yeah. or maybe that they lied and said, "Oh no, we well, had yeah, AC works." And then they get there and it didn't work. But it's a it's a serious thing right now. California in the summer during August, we're at ninety degree weather. You're inside the building, so it's gonna be at least it's inland 10. too. Like if they're if yeah. they're holding it in like the closer to the west side, then it'll be ten degrees cooler, but like yeah. no they're like holding it inland so so let's hope next year it's either back at the pyramid or at a better mm -hmm. venue or they at least turn the ac on next year yeah at the, but like i said at the very at the very least we didn't have mm -hmm. to wait that long right mm -hmm. um I th and then on the other hand we had some new members that signed up like we have a new member from russia he did really well um we had some old members come back and compete uh and then the novices got a lot of experience even though they got ragdolled mm -hmm. uh, we had some uh other members come spectate and they've never seen a tournament before so they were like excited they were they loved what they saw mm -hmm. even though it's hot but they liked that they saw judo and kendo and karate so overall it was fun and i at least i'm not there for 13 hours you know like when we went to that Taishi tournament. I was there for 13 hours. Yeah, well, that's so. one of my complaints of one of the last times I competed at the Nikkei games was that I was there close to 12 hours because we were we signed up at like 7 a.m. and we didn't fight till it's actually less than more because we didn't fight till almost seven, eight at night. That's when we finally yeah. fought. And they kept on saying, like, warm up, so and so, warm up, warm up. And all day you're just getting warmed up, cool down, warm up, yeah. cool down. And I didn't yeah, I didn't even warm up for I didn't warm up. I just literally uh stepped on the mat and then competed there's no room to warm up it was yeah. like people were butts were in my face <laughs> so not in a uh, good way either they're like bad dirty yeah. butt. <laughs> i woke up extra early to make a bento box too if you follow me on instagram yeah, I uploaded I saw a picture your little of, bento yeah. box. <laughs> yeah so i i had leftovers from yesterday and i made some soba noodles so it's like one of those double decker <laughs> bento boxes so um, I was like, I can't eat something oily because I had barbecue pork in one of them. I'm like, I'm not going to eat mm -hmm. that right before a tournament. So I saved that part, that level for lunch. And then the mm -hmm. bottom layer was soba noodles. So I had the soba for breakfast after I got there. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, like after I competed, I had, I found a under a tree spot outside and had my, uh, my barbecue pork and rice and stuff. <laughs> Well, I wish I was there. So it's another very interesting experience. And if you want to know what how our tournament went for us, I will probably post in this later tonight. So it'll be past tense already. It'll be already up on the Instagram and Facebook for Hollywood Judo. Yep. So now we need to get into a little bit of sad news. So as some of you might have heard, this might be, I don't know if it's super big international news, but it's very big uh, US news at least. So Judo Jean LaBelle passed away back on August 9th. The reason I brought this up is because most people know Judo Jean LaBelle as Judo Jean LaBelle. It's just like he's a big Judo player. People knew about him. Stunt man, did the first martial arts. He trained Ronda Rousey. 
trained around the rounds and stuff, trained at go courts, trained all those mm-hmm. fighters and stuff with Manny Gamburian and, um, and, um, oh, what's the other one's name? Um, oh, I can't remember his okay. name right now. Pa- uh, Paris. Carl Frisian. Yeah. Carl, Carl Frisian and stuff. Yeah. And so most people know him from that, but they don't know. This is a little thing that most people don't know is that he got his black belt and he was a member of Hollywood judo. And a lot of people talk about him while he learned all his pro wrestling from like Strangler Lewis and uh, just all these old wrestlers and stuff that he learned his catch wrestling things first. And this is kind of a weird thing to me. And I talked to a buddy of mine about how I kind of got mad about this. One of these wrestling shows I watched was talking about how he learned his first uh, submission hold from so-and-so back in blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no. He probably learned his first submission hold being an arm bar or a rear naked choke probably from Gucci sensei at Hollywood judo. All right. <laughs> That's where he probably learned his first submission. Learn a scarf hold, Kiskatame, or neck crank from there, from Kaguchi Sensei. So some people may or may not know, like I'm getting into my little right right now. <laughs> you can see I'm getting a little, I'm a little mad about this because everyone talks about Jude LaBelle, his judo, but they don't talk about where his judo comes from. So he was a member of Hollywood Judo Dojo. He's one of the few Caucasian members that were there at that dojo. He actually mm-hmm. trained with uh, my original instructor, the Sensei Emmy. Sensei Art Emmy as well, and Sensei Gary all trained together back in the day. Um, now, I've met Gene LaBelle a handful of times. And it was funny because one of the first grappling books I ever bought growing up was his, I can't remember the name of it was, but it was the one, it's the book with him and Gokort on it, doing all these unorthodox catch wrestling, judo, pro wrestling submissions for re, in real life. And it's just kind of a weird thing of like one of the first grappling books I've ever read. And then I end up being a member of Hollywood judo and a, a part of Hollywood mm-hmm. judo. So it's a part of our history. So the first time I met Jujin LaBelle, um, oh, let, let me just go through a little accolade and stuff. He was, he got his black belt at Hollywood judo. He actually won the AAU national tournament at, in 1955. Yep. So for, for those who don't know, before there was USA Judo, USJF, and USJA, it was AAU was the like yeah. gover- the D one organization. So it was the I believe it's the All American American Athletic Union. I think something As- uh, Amateur Athletic Union. That's what Amateur Athletic Union. Yep. So that was the equivalent of being the Nationals back then. So in 1955, he won that. And he won that also in his weight division and the grand championship. So what they did back in the day was if you won and they did it very simply, sometimes it was just like lightweights and heavyweights. Sometimes they did lightweight, middleweights and heavyweights. So when you won the tournament, then you would, the champions would fight each other. And then they would see who's the grand champion. Well, that year that he won, he also won the grand champion that year as well. So imagine being your already national champion in your weight class. Now you're the ultimate, it's like, what do, what do they do in Japan? The Japan ultimate tournament. All, the, all, the, all Japan. All Japan. Yeah. So it's like doing the all American tournament pretty much. Yeah. They, sh- they should probably bring that back. Maybe have some fun <laughs> in the U S do that again. So he won that. And um, I posted a bunch of those old photos of black and whites on our Instagram and not on the Tommy talks, but I posted on Hollywood, Hollywood Judo's Judo, Instagram, yeah. and also Hollywood Joe's Facebook. And these are some pictures that people haven't seen before. I haven't seen in a long, long time because it's our stuff. We didn't, we don't put them out in magazine and stuff. Yeah. Other people didn't ask for it. People only think of Judo Jim LaBelle as his pro wrestling. They talk about like his stunt work and all that stuff, but 
he came from Hollywood judo. There's a lot of old photos there that you might not have seen before. And there's a really good one with him having an all team around him. Kaguchi sensei's right next to him. Art Emmy's right next to him. Stuff. He's just happy about him winning the championships. It's a really, it's a really nice photo. And a lot of people don't have never seen that one before. I actually got compliments from people saying that I've never seen these photos before. Like I've heard of the championship. But I never saw a photo of the championship, but it's like, this, this is the photo. Here's a photo of him at Hollywood judo with the championships right there. So let me go back to how I first met Judo Jean LaBelle. So back when I first started Hollywood Judo, Sensei Emmy, uh, Frank Emmy was the head instructor. A few years after I joined, he passed away. I was actually a pallbearer at his funeral. And if you want to look him up, a little interesting thing, Drunk History actually did an episode on him that I don't like because they didn't talk about at all. They didn't talk about any of his judo, judo in that episode. Yeah. They didn't talk any about his judo. And they had, I don't want to be mean about that actor, but this fat dude playing Sensei Emmy. And Sensei Emmy was never fat. He was a little guy who was skinny in shape and fought. And one of his coolest things is that when he was in jail because he didn't want to go to war, he actually fought wrestlers and boxers to get the respect. So that's one of the things that if you were watching that episode. It's like, it was a cool episode. You get to dip your toes in. It says the Emmy's past. My instructor says Emmy's past. Yeah. But it's like that episode it makes me mad because I got this fat guy playing Emmy. And it's like, that's not Emmy. Emmy was never fat. They didn't talk nothing about his judo, which was a huge part of his life. And it was a huge thing about him. Yeah. But, uh, back to so, so, so yeah, if you if you want to look more up about Sensei Emmy and how he resisted the Japanese internment and the draft, so they interned him and they tried to draft him during the Japanese internment. Um, you can look up Frank Emmy on YouTube. There's plenty of interviews they have with him mm -hmm. where he talks about judo actually, and also the Heart Mountain Fair Play Committee. So just if you're mm -hmm. cu curious, just look up that on YouTube. It's yeah. like pretty interesting. So. So when Sensei Amy passed away, uh, I was working on this TV show and it was really weird. So MTV used to have this uh, TV show called The Valley. I think, I think it was called The Valley. And it's gonna sound very familiar to me because it's gonna sound very familiar to some people because it was actually a movie that just came out right now on Netflix that's like very similar to this, uh -huh. to this concept. So MTV had this TV show about this police priest singer, this police division that was in charge of killing vampires, <laughs> zombies, uh, werewolves, Buffy just all night Vampire creatures. <laughs> it, it, was, it, was a little bit, it was a little bit better than Buffy, a little less than Buffy. It was an interesting show. I think it only lasted one season. But I used to work on this show. I played a cop on there and we're doing this, we're doing a scene where we're doing this underground zombie fight scene, this underground <laughs> zombie fight circle. And guess who's there? doing the fight choreography and being one of the main zombies. Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle. He's the fight choreographer. And this is my first time actually meeting him in person and stuff. Cause I've known about him. He's in the pictures of the dojo and stuff mm -hmm. of these are all the old senseis and stuff. Here's some old things. And Oh yeah. Gene LaBelle, Gene LaBelle. This is his dojo, you know? So I, so I'm seeing him like, and I know once I'm not supposed to bother the actors, I'm just like, he's part of my lineage. He's like, he's, he's, it's like family. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to bother him, bother him. I'll be like, Ms. LaBelle, Judo Gene. <laughs> and he's like, ah, what do you want, son? And I was like, Hollywood Judo. And he goes, Hollywood. I was like, yeah, I'm from Hollywood Judo. They're like, ah, oh, yeah, I heard about Emmy. I'm too bad for that kid. He's like, kid, I got kid. older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. He's like, yeah, that kid. I'm not too bad to hear about that kid. Kid, Emmy's way older than you was, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about the dojo and he's like oh how do you like it there and like oh I, I really love the dojo a lot i like it it's like it's become my home for in la and like yeah they're a great club 
And I was talking about how Sensei Gary's now the head guy there. And he was like, oh, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember Gary. We used to go watch fights all the time at my place. Because that's another thing about Gene that people may or may not know is that his family used to own, I can't remember the top of my head now, they used to own some sort of um, an arena. They own some mm-hmm. sort of sports center or arena here in LA. And that's where they brought all the boxers were there. All the wrestlers were there. And that's how he got into wrestling and all that. Cause he was a heavy, he was a guy where someone got out of hand, something happened. Gene would go there, put them in their place. You know, he was like, ba- he was, um, he was Dalton. <laughs> if you watch Rose house, he, he was Dalton. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what Gene was. So we're talking about that. And he's like, yeah, I, like that's too bad about him. And he asked me about the funeral. I said, yeah, I can't remember if I knew when the funeral was, or I told him like, I'll be there. End up did being, I was a Paul Bearer for Sensei's funeral. But he was, try- I think he said he was going to try to make her try to look it up. And sadly, he wasn't there at the funeral. But the last time I saw him was about 10 years ago. Now, exactly 10 years ago, because he actually came to our 80th anniversary party. Mm-hmm. And he came... Uh, he gave a little bit of, he gave a speech and it's the same speech he gives all the time to people is that judo gave me everything. Judo made me rich. He always talk about how judo made him rich. Judo gave him money because without judo, judo that would, that that's not true anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not true anymore, but it, it reminds me because, um, so he gives a big speech about how he loves judo. He loved Hollywood and stuff without judo. He wouldn't become a stunt man. He wouldn't learn how to fight and stuff. He maybe would have, cause it's like I said, his family owned a sports arena. So that's where all the boxers and wrestlers came through. And that's where he just got taught by, I believe, a Strangler Lewis and some other guys that taught him how to dual and catch wrestling. So maybe it would have still, but maybe he would have been Judo Gene LaBelle. Maybe he would have been like catch wrestler Gene or something, you know, <laughs> pro wrestler Gene LaBelle. Um, so that was the last time I met him. And we also put those photos up on the Facebook and Instagram. Again, he was nice, polite. He gave us he gave us these patches, which I, I guess we, the, ha- we have it in our in our office in the dojo. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with these patches that I might actually might take a photo of these things and put them up. Also, if I didn't know who Judo Gene LaBelle was, I, and I saw it, I would think it's like a yoga patch. <laughs> it's a weird thing because the patch that he gives you is what he does to you. So he has this one where it's like an armbar patch. If he armbars you, he gives you this patch. If he chokes you out, he gives you this patch. He leg laces you or gives you a knee bar. He gives you that patch. So he gives like the four or five patches he does. And I remember it was again on set one time. This guy was like, yeah, man, Gene's going to choke me out. I'm like, no, no, don't let him do it. He's make you poop your pants. <laughs> and if you know that story, you know yeah, that story. Well, don't, you know that don't want to get sued. Don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Jesus to choke me out. I'm like, no, don't do it. <laughs> so it's a lot of very fun stories about Gene out there. He always was like, an, when I've met him the handful of times, he was always a nice guy. He was always cool, um, polite for the most part, you know, a little bit um, big, but you got to be like that. You know, you got to have some big personality. I've always, I've and, always, wa- sorry, go ahead, finish your story. I was, I was just say like, there's cool stories out there about like how he met Bruce Lee. He introduced, well, he didn't introduce, but he, Top Bruce Lee judo. Yeah. And then if you read the Tao Jukundo or one of those books where, where Bruce yeah. wrote and he was talking about judo, it's like he loved judo. He loved the thing about full contact grappling and stuff. Learn that from Gene. <laughs> it's the funny thing about Bruce, and we talked about this before. Bruce will always write all his books about like wrestling, judo, and Japanese Jiu Jitsu. They're all great techniques, except there's no groin hitting, groin yeah. biting. And so he's like, yeah. Bruce, what is your Gro- obsession? Wait, groin biting? <laughs> I think it was going by. I know it was definitely ear, going ear biting, was, ear biting. You think was it ear biting? Yeah. Bruce had a very big obsession with <laughs> punching people in the nuts. <laughs> so, 
I, I was always curious why he uh, left the dojo. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing is, if you listen to his podcast interview, not his podcast, but Joe Rogan's podcast mm-hmm. interviewing him, he talks about his how he started judo. I recommend people go check it out. Um, and he's basically saying, oh, the dojo I joined, it was all Japanese. They didn't want to teach a white kid judo. So I just like showed up, kept showing up again, thrown over and over and over again. And I just learned by watching what they were doing. Sounds like another dojo that we know of. But um, <laughs> he, he was saying play, that. Right? <laughs> and then, yeah, at the time, Hollywood was like all Japanese. I, I know of that. So um like even in chinese martial arts historically there has been like a lot of uh xenophobia and like you shouldn't teach this stuff to to foreigners mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are oppressing us and you're teaching our own culture to them so that they can in turn oppress us even more and it's like that mindset and for those who don't know bruce lee's not full chinese so when he learned wing chun a lot of people gave his teacher shit for for uh teaching Wing Chun and then when Bruce Lee started teaching his own style of martial arts to to Americans like he got a lot of flack for it um but that's that's besides the point um I was always curious why he left and I, and I know the famous fight where he fought the boxer Milo yeah, Savage the, the, they've I always wondered that would being the first mixed martial arts fight ever yeah, happening I always wondered if he as far as if he got asked to leave the dojo because he was prize fighting because hmm. at the time I, I don't know if people remember kimura like the famous kimura mm-hmm. like i think he was also like briefly asked to leave the kodokan yes. correct me if i'm wrong I but i remember so, yeah. reading somewhere he was asked to leave the kodokan because he was prize fighting mm-hmm. and um i always wonder if that was the case like because you're su- not supposed to make money out of judo that way so um <laughs> yeah yeah so i always wonder if that was the case and if you the interview in joe rogan's podcast he never ever mentioned hollywood judo by name once mm. it was always mm-hmm. like the dojo i started at so mm. yeah interesting I'm always wondering why see i wonder because i remember sensei gary one time talking about that fight and i don't know how we came across how we just started talking about that fight but we started talking about it and he was talking about how uh gene said that yeah so he knocked the, he choked the guy out and then they were they were going to arrest him because they thought that he killed him but then he had to go into the locker room and revive him but yeah. then after that he had to leave he had to leave the state well, they were like, throwing stuff his, at him it was like here's yeah, your he had, money get out get out yeah, of the, get, get your money and go state. that's what yeah. uh, sensei gary was telling me that he they told him and i've seen that also in stories that he's told him about like i've heard stories about that was that Gene like choked him out and then had to leave. And then other story about he choked him out, then had to revive him because they thought that they murdered him. Yeah. He murdered him in the <laughs> ring. It's a legal fight. If I if he dies, he dies. You know? It's like <laughs> this is also what Sensei Gary says. Okay, Mario Yamazaki. I gave him a chance to show his Mushido spirit, okay? Actually, I gave him a chance to show his warrior, all right? <laughs> Like Usman last night, he should have gave him a chance oh to go worse. Don't, don't spoil for people back. who didn't watch it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a week. <laughs> By the time no, it's, come no, out, it's been a week. Oh, true, 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 true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take it for what since Gary told me because he was there, he knew him, they hung out, they would go watch fights together, they would train together and stuff. So I so I, I don't know, maybe he were there friends that maybe he wasn't trained at the dojo at the time, but I do know. I will say this, and this is again, like, I don't know the exact timeline of everything because I, I didn't super research it. 
because I didn't want to go into the crooks of things. But when Gokor came to America, Gokor was a was a sambo player and only did judo because there was no sambo out here. And he met Gene and Gokor first came to Hollywood too. So he Gene had to still be at Hollywood somewhat in the what eighties or something, mm-hmm. or was it seventies when Gokor came to America? Mm-hmm. Had to still be somewhat trained the dojo at that point. But I think maybe Emmy would have been in charge at that time, I think. But that's just little things. And also a little fun thing. We actually had uh Judo Jean LaBelle's grandson was trained at yeah. Dojo for a little while. Yeah, he lived him. up he lived up in Bakersfield. So yeah. I'm just like yeah, he's traveling to see why? us. <laughs> so you came here. I'm like, why are you signing up for here? Like even Gokor's gym was like closer. There's there's mm-hmm. gyms up in Bakersfield, and there's also Gokor's north of us. So I'm like, why don't you go there? And he just didn't, he didn't really give me a straight answer, but I think uh, this is like two years ago already almost. And he told me, two um, years ago, he, he want, yeah. He told me he wanted to train at where his grandfather trained basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, he stopped showing up after two months though, but (laughs) he 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 said that he 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 hurt himself. Oh, okay. And then he also said, um, like go uh, not go core gene labelle was like not at that time already he was like kind of on the decline and not doing very well so um mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so that's our story about gene labelle uh look him up if you again if you hear about his judo stuff he learned judo at hollywood judo under kaguchi sensei his training partners with was sensei emmy since they art Emmy and since they Frank Emmy and stuff, some of the other guys. And he was one of the few, one of the few and only Caucasian people that trained at Hollywood and was training judo at that time. You know, other than that time, if you wanted to train judo, you had to be in the air force for the most part. Cause all the Americans that were just yeah. it was part of the air force, um, uh, criteria. I think they all had to do yeah. judo at that time. So Anthony, is there anything else you want to talk about judo gene? Any stories, you know, I wish I actually met, had met him. Um, mm-hmm. but, everything I've heard from him is like great stories, even though it might not be exactly following the <laughs> judo spirit or judo guidelines at the time, but <laughs> that, I mean, that's what makes him, but, but that's what, that's what makes him so um, good at what he does is because he went out and did his own style of grappling. And I can mm-hmm. totally appreciate that. So. Oh, the thing I was thinking about was it was a, it was an interview with, um, What's Ronda Rousey's uh, friend's name? Um, <laughs> I know, I heard her first. So one like of her friends, her, her, that her real friend, wrestling. her best friend, like uh, one of her best friends, like the one that does pro wrestling. Also, the one that used to, she's doing you're asking the wrong dude. I know, I know, you're asking the wrong person. Uh, she did. She was in the UFC, and now she does uh, pro wrestling now. Um, God, I can't remember her name off the top of my head right now, and I, yeah, I don't want to look it up. I remember an interview she did because she trained also Judo Jim Bell was that Gene told her that she had to get out of MMA because out of uh, all the money, it was like, I've made no money from my real fights. All my money comes from my fake fights. Telling her, it's like, you're not making money pro fighting, okay? You're not making money, you're not even sustaining a good lifestyle this way. But if you go into pro wrestling or doing some stunt work, doing some it's fake funny fighting. how sadly true that is. It is. <laughs> it is. I wish I could make more money doing some fake fights. Please hire yeah. me as a stunt man. If you go, if you go on like the, some of the, how do I word this nicely, the idiotic parts of the martial arts subreddits mm-hmm. um, on, <laughs> online, people will be like, 
we're going back to judo and UFC. They're like, where are all the top level judokas in an MMA? Why aren't they fighting MMA? That's why judo doesn't work in MMA. I'm like, how much do you get paid in MMA? Like, yeah. I, I was like, other than in America, every other, almost every other country, you make a lot of money doing judo yeah. at top level. You get, why the hell would you go? You get stipends. Why would you go get? It's, it's yeah, a, you get stipends. Yeah. If you're in Mongolia, you get, if you get an Olympic medal, you get like a salary for the rest mm-hmm. of your life. I, I think they recently talked about taking that away, but that was a <laughs> thing for a while. Um, do you get sponsorships? And like, like there's all these, you make money, even if it's, even if you're not top tier, you can make decent amount of money. Right. Why would you go to UFC and get punched in the face for like $8,000 a fight or something like that? When you're making 8,000 a month. Not even, that's pretty good. You're making 8,000 a month off of your. And that's before, before taxes and before paying your trainers and all that stuff. Like people don't think about this. It's like, why the hell would people go to go do that? for less pay mm-hmm. and brain damage yes. like to, so so that it could prove that judo works and in, in, in yeah in it's, mma like what one of the go-tos and it's like i can't remember who brought this up and i always go to it also but like look at teddy reiner he gets paid by his country to train and be on a national team he gets paid a huge amount of money a huge stipend or he's sponsored or, by under armor yeah, he's yeah. he's legit sponsored by Under Armour in France. He's gotten a championship money from all his tournaments he's won, gold medals, world championships. He also gets paid by the dojo that he quote unquote mm-hmm. works at slash trains at stuff with the sponsorships. Like it's just like uh being a pro athlete in US by being like a professional basketball player or football player or baseball player. Yeah. You don't see them doing MMA to prove that football's legit martial <laughs> art or something, you know? It's like, I don't have to. I don't have to. I make tons of money with my own thing here. It's just in America, how judo's not yeah, like, uh, and popular. Ev- everyone who goes to MMA from judo, they either didn't make it at the top level or they're retired because they're past mm-hmm. their prime. So yeah. interpret that as you will. So, yeah. And with that, uh, Kayla Harris won her last fight last night. Also, <laughs> <laughs> did you see the with the katame? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So now we're going on to our next topic. That was a little somber thing. Like I said, look up Judo Jean Labelle. His judo is from Hollywood Judo. He's part of our lineage. He's part of our family and stuff. So we put some respect on his name in Hollywood. <laughs> So the next thing we're talking about is something that came out about almost two, three weeks ago, and I'm still unclear about it. I'm still looking up things on how this shit works, but apparently they're selling and apparently people are buying them. So the IJF released their new, <laughs> how do I want to word this? I don't want to get in trouble with them, but it's their, it's their new thing. The IGF has gone into NFTs. All right. Well, I don't, I was going to say something else, but it's like, I, I don't want to get in trouble because they're real. NFTs are a real thing that you can buy. I'd rather just buy a real picture personally, but digital art that you can buy. So <laughs> what they're doing right now is the IGF is, is uh, selling these NFTs now. I'm not sure if these NFTs are done by some fan or some well-known street artist or artist or something because they don't look <laughs> the greatest to me. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest I, about that. I know. This, right? I was gonna say if, something. If they want to come out, else, they want to come out. Yeah. Like, come on. Give me some good judo artwork or cool throw or Bushido something, some cool mat or dojo looking shit. No, what they put out there for you to buy as an NFT is a picture of a lion and a gi, 
a bear in a gi, a gorilla in a gi, a, we're, a tiger we're, in a we're gi. B, we're BJJ now. Like, I know. <laughs> you know. You know the reference I'm making, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's lions and wolves and tigers and... You're killing me, fool. <laughs> and like there's five in his cheese, and the last one is a dog, but it's not like some bulldog or nothing. It's like um oh what would it be? What's your what's your dog? What kind of dog do you have? I have a lasting Kai. So yeah, it's like a Kai looking thing, all right. Or a... <laughs> so it's five inch cheese that you can buy. Um the ones that I see on their website, it's all of them with a white key on, but the one that they're having the judo players like hold up and show people to be like, oh, look, buy an NFT. Some are wearing like blue judo geese, some are wearing green mm-hmm. judo geese and stuff. So these are for the, these are for the NFT. So you buy these NFTs and you get things for them. So what you get is, all right, see if I can remember all this. See if I wrote this all, I didn't write it all down. Okay, so if you buy, what, so they have, so these are the levels of the NFTs that they're selling also. So there's a bronze level, silver level, gold level, platinum level, and diamond level. Diamond. All right. Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it shows my age right there. Diamond. Who's the five greatest rappers of all time? Diamond, 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 and diamond. <laughs> so, okay. So if you buy the bronze level, that's the entry package right there. What you get is you get... Um, so what was the, what was the basic one right there? What's it? Okay. So the first one you get is judo TV. I can't figure out what judo TV is. All right. There, there's nothing about it. Cause the IGF live <laughs> TV is like different, I think. So what the hell is judo TV? There's no explanation on it. Yeah. And it just says, it just says, so it just says judo TV premium OTT service for live streaming of judo. What the hell is OTT? I don't know. Like, overtime television what is this well <laughs> because in, in, my thing was that when we first came when this first came out my thing was okay how are they going to do their own streaming service which okay they want to do a streaming service i understand judo is very popular internationally but they already have deals set in place with eastern european channels with european channels british yeah. channels japanese channels they already have plans in place for these things so what are they going to do like when those contracts expire be like okay we're not going to renew them force people to go to judo tv and for us in the U.S. that we don't have a television channel, everything's up on the YouTube. So where are they going to start geo-locking the YouTube so you can't watch well, the matches they, live? They already do that. <laughs> they already I, do that. Yeah. I, I mean, well, like, not yeah. geo-lock. I mean, okay, that's the wrong one. Like, um, put a time lock on it that yeah. you can only watch the matches two days later or a week yeah, later. I don't know. Personally, if I know, like, if I buy this thing, then I'm supporting them not making... IGF Judo watch uh, watchable, then I'm just not going to buy it. Especially since the um, production quality has gotten better, but I want to say it's still not better. very watchable. Yeah, I it's know. still not very yeah. spectator friendly because mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there for six, eight hours watching the whole thing. I want to be able to go back and uh, or get a notification saying, send my phone a notification when these athletes that I'd like to watch are coming up basically or go back to watch those things like if that i would pay money for that like whether it's nft or whatever a subscription model 
I would pay money for that. If there's a thing that alerts you to when the the thing uh, that your athletes fighting next, or you can easily go back and watch the matches. Um, some people will say, Oh, you can just go on IGF and IGS website and click on your athlete. And they have all the past recordings there. Not all of them are there. And the scoreboard isn't up. There's no scoreboard there. So, um, yeah, I don't think that that really counts. All right. But so I will. So there's so that is the minimum. If you buy any of them, you mm-hmm. get Judo TV for one year. Easy. Whatever Judo TV is. Like I said, we don't even know what that is. And if you have bought one and you do notice, please let us know. Like, I'm, I'm not asking like you to send me your stuff. And just tell, tell us know what is Judo TV? What stream? What are they streaming out there? What are they putting out there? Just special interviews, live events, um, some special shows or documentaries they're putting out there. What what is Judo TV? What's it supposed to be out there? Also, the next, also yeah. those those NFT pictures they remind me of they're they're gonna attract furries. Like, if you guys don't know <laughs> oh what furries God. are, look it up. I'm not gonna explain it. But <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of when I saw those. I'm like, why? Like, why you would you do that? Dirty piece. <laughs> why can't why can't it be some like artistic artwork of someone doing uchimata or something like that why does it have exactly. to be that's exactly yeah. what i thought like i said why isn't it beautiful throw a dojo training or something why isn't it just like a maybe cool they're... just pictures of kano or something like a cool yeah. picture of kano drawn artistically or something nice you know I, maybe they're trying to attract kids but that do ki- maybe kids are the one with money to buy the nfts but I don't know how much they're charging for these NFTs. So, well, that's what I was thinking about because I was wondering if this is done by some sort of street artist or someone yeah. that's known. Because I was when I was looking up NFTs, these look very similar to other NFTs that other companies are putting out there. So, I'm wondering if this is like an artist that does these things, which isn't that impressive to me because it's just they're putting a head on top of the yeah. key. There ain't nothing impressive about it. Other ones I've seen are just a dog, lion, tiger head on a leather jacket. Or I'm just saying. These pictures, if I had it on my computer saved, I mm. before I die, it would be like I'll be like Juan, can you please delete those photos? No man, they're worth money, man. No, I don't want anyone to see those on my on my computer. That's basically <laughs> what the type of photos. Uh, I don't want people to see this to shit. <laughs> All right, so any NFT you buy, you didn't get Judo TV for one year. The next one is a pass for all uh, World Judo Federation events. WJ, oh, JT, so World Judo Television T events. What is that? Again, is that that I get that I get a ticket? And these are done, that one's done kind of weirdly. I think it's because, WJT's World Judo Tour, I think. Okay, World Judo Tour. So that one's done a little weirdly. So this does that is mean why I get at, at my work, one pass? You- and my work, you can't assume people uh-huh. when I write documentation, you can't assume people know what these freaking um, acronyms mean because a lot of times they they uh, overlap or duplicate. So, yeah. So they had one that was up early when they first put it out there that was much more easier to read, understand that I liked before. And then they changed it to this new one that I was looking at. And I was like, they made it more confusing to read to me, at least. Mm-hmm. Just, and that was so you get that pass. And for bronze, you get one year service to that. If you buy silver, you get two year service, gold, three years, platinum, three years, and a diamond, three years. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that I get a pass to one event or do I get a pass to all the events? Do I have to let them pre-know that I'm going to this event? Is this that when the events in my country, I get to go to it? And the reason I say that 
is because the one after that, you get, um, what was the one after that? It was, oh, come on, film work for me here. I did not take a picture of it. I may have missed it. So the last one, I think that was the last one, unless I'm missing it. So what was the picture after that? Because on here I have the... Um, um, gold, Judo platinum, TV, diamond, the VIP uh, pass. VIP pass, pass. Pass Judo events. VIP and pass. And then there's the VIP pass. Yep. And the VIP pass is only available to diamond members and platinum members. Yep. So the, the VIP I, pass, I, I assume that... I what the VIP pass is. Well, you'd assume that you probably got front row, maybe get to meet the players. I bet I better be able to get Shohei Ono's bathwater. That we you dirty. <laughs> Man, you dirty. You that you remember that scene where they throw the guy throws the jerseys on top of the kid's head and stuff? Hey kid, have this. His <laughs> bathwater, his, his, his toenail clippings. He's gonna take off his e top. Hey kid, have this. <laughs> oh, Mr. Ono, please. Thank you. <laughs> No, I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna be at Abe. You're gonna be. <laughs> they should NFT off people's like judo back patches. Like, yeah. Well, you know that's a funny thing that you mentioned that because the UFC does something like that. Yeah. Where every fighter has to give something the, from their the gloves, their the shirts. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so that that VIP pass thing that's only available for platinum members and gold and diamond members. Platinum and diamond. So I'm assuming that you get to go to an event. I'm, a, I'm assuming events will be free to go to. And maybe you get backstage passes. You get to go meet people, meet and greet, meet autograph pictures and stuff. Maybe you get to walk the fighter out, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, shake his hand, lick his sweat up. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, why are you so nasty? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So they have this other part in the, at the bottom where they start talking about like, the roadmap of what they want to do. Do you have that part up right there? You I don't that have part? it. I don't have it. Okay, so I'll try is to go. That, through is it talking about the minting process? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So they have yeah. this part at the bottom when they're explaining stuff that says the roadmap. So the phase one is oh, like 10%. Now, yeah. So that's going to be, uh, was it 30 investors? Because you're not just, a, you're, not, yeah. you're not buying this. You're investing in IGF Judo here, okay? Receive two tickets to any World Judo Tour event. So that means that you get to go to one event, I'm assuming, with two tickets. So you can bring a friend with mm-hmm. you. And then you get to phase two, which is 20%. You get 15, uh, what is it? This, it says, okay, it says 15 Discord <laughs> users. And it's like all of a sudden okay, Discord that, pops up. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's I, what I, was I confused know. About. <laughs> I know what Discord is, but where the where the hell did Discord come from? Like all of a sudden yeah. it's like 15 Discord users. I'm like, what? Receive a gold level NFT mm-hmm, and a random giveaway. And, so and the, the next thing we know is like 40 Amazon Prime members will receive more, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. And then phase three go to 30. And then it goes like get receiving it. They're just like and I don't understand what this phase thing is. Is that they're going to be doing giveaways? And if I, if I buy a bronze level, am I entered in this giveaway, or do I have to be a diamond member, a platinum member, to enter into these giveaways? Because yeah. these giveaways sound interesting, but they're basically just raffles. So am I buying a so the IG so the IGF makes these NFTs. I buy the NFT. I am not buying the NFT. I'm investing this NFT to invest in the IGF. And we haven't looked up at how much they are because 
that again, I looked that up to see how much they cost. I couldn't because it's, they're it's only- a, It says 60 Matic per NFT, I, th- I think they said. Well, no, the tokens. They set the price of the tokens at 60 Matic. And right now, the 60 Matic, each Matic is like 48. Uh, what was it? So, uh, 60 Matic is around um, $48.84 in USD mm-hmm. value. So, right. I, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, it's like. Well, I have okay, to buy something to buy something. I have to buy a cryptocurrency to buy this NFT base. Yeah, but the token is at 60 Matic. But how many tokens do I need to buy the, to buy the, to mint the, the gorilla or the, Okay, the well, here, I'm going to give you this, okay? Because this is at the bottom of it or this is on another page. Uh-huh. So to buy the NFT, I have to buy that token and I have to buy that token. It were, the price here, it wasn't in dollars, it was in euros. So one token, it looks like, and this is it's what I looked at earlier when I was doing the research on this. One token is 54, 54 euros and 95 cents for one token. Okay. All right. So... Look it up. You have your computer right now. Look up at how much the NFT costs or did it? No, you can't. Cause I tried doing that earlier and you had to create a whole profile. Just to even look at how much mm-hmm. the NFT cost. Yeah. That's too much. I was yeah, going to say, I'll buy it. I was, I'll buy it. I'll spend 60 bucks or whatever to figure it out. What it's not 60 bucks. Cause just one token is not even 60 bucks. One token is only 64 euros and change. Hmm. But what can I do with that one token is what I'm, what I'm trying to figure out. So now how many tokens it cost you two tokens, one and a half tokens. That's yeah. just there's a token for a roadmap. It's not. Okay. So this is coming from someone who I, I was, um, I bought crypto really early on when, um, okay. Maybe not like earliest, not what, not when Bitcoin was like four bucks, but like, uh i i have some crypto tokens like pretty early on mm-hmm. relatively and i would look look up roadmaps and this is like a poorly done roadmap because it makes me more have more questions going into it mm-hmm. after reading it than going into it roadmaps need to be very clear so you know what the hell you're actually they're actually doing but yes. here it's just like the like the road that's not a roadmap it's telling you what they're giving you but it doesn't tell you what they're planning to do yeah and then, of course the the thing is uh Un, um, unclear but then i just found it really really ironic that at the end of the faq it says how can you avoid scams like i'm just like this totally looks like a scam to me but yeah okay so going back on the thing where they're telling you how much it is okay so a bronze okay so that's if you okay put your calculator out right now okay we're gonna, we're gonna do some of this all right so a bronze uh one pick bronze mm-hmm. for some reason it said 50 percent i understand what 50 percent means right there which means like how many they have left. But okay, so it's 15,000. Okay. It's one, five, and three zeros. 15,000. 15,000 Maddox? Uh, I don't know. So this is picks. Oh, that's only that's only picks. That's many how many they're giving out then. Yeah, yeah, that's not the price. Shit. So I got bamboozled. Only, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think got we don't we shouldn't spend the whole podcast talking about this thing. They they just need it. I it's gonna if they're gonna do this, it's gonna fail i don't see this going anywhere unless some act of god um <laughs> yeah intervenes well my but, thing would be first of all get these pictures get some cool judo photos instead okay if i'm gonna buy an nft of some art i want to buy an nft of some judo art i want to buy an nft of judo art 
not of a dog wearing a gi, not of a tiger wearing a gi, not of a gorilla wearing a gi. And I'm in a full gi. It's just like the top. It's like almost a photo of them wearing a gi in a park or outside and stuff like that. That it's what am I going to do with this? Okay, I'm not going to well, put my digital says, frame over here. It says owning it, you have the full intellectual properties and perks and benefits. So I don't know how that works cross country. It's the same thing as like cross buying baseball. It's like when you're buying a baseball card when you're a kid, you know? Yeah, but again, a lot of questions. I personally just think we all know it's kind of out there that most big sports organizations like FIFA and stuff are corrupt and run by the mob. Um, I just think this is a way to launder money. Launder money. Allegedly. That's just why. Yeah, that's. I think it's just another way to launder money. That's what I think. Allegedly. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I have nothing else to say on this matter. I think it's <laughs> stupid. So, yeah. So we're talking about this because we had a lot of, we had one of our fans actually send this to us asking our thoughts on it. And I'm just giving our thoughts on it. Like I wouldn't buy one because I'm not understanding what I'm going to get. It sounds like if I buy bronze, like I would maybe, if it wasn't too expensive, buy a bronze just to figure out what this judo TV is. Yeah. That, that has me curious. Like that's okay. what's got me curious. If, I buy silver and I get judo TV and then I get two tickets or one ticket to an IGF tournament. Does that mean I have to fly to Canada? Cause I'd be the closest one to us to be the one in Canada or do I have to fly to Japan or Europe and get up? Maybe I could use that to go to the Tokyo grand slam with the grand, with the grand slam count, but that'd be too big of a tournament. Yeah, that'll count. That's a world tour event. <clears throat> yeah. So it'd yeah. be like to go to Tokyo and go to there or something interesting or get the VIP to go meet somebody like that. The idea is very interesting and cool. It is a cool idea. I just hate the pictures and I hate not knowing how much they cost and having to make a whole profile and buy this token in euros. Why doesn't it token? Why doesn't it put down in like a dollars and yen and pesos and, and um, Lira and whatever other currency people might be out there wanting to buy it in. They should make it so phase seven, if like enough people buy the, the NFTs, they bring back like grabs that everyone's going to buy. <laughs> like, uh, no, it'd be all the Europeans, all the Eastern <laughs> European people will be buying it. That's what it would be. All right. So is there anything else about these? We, I feel like we didn't do anything talk about these NFTs. It's kind of ranted about it kind of, it kind of, it kind of just shows I want to how are people. we, we're reading it and we're still like, what the fuck is this? Like, I actually think what they put out first was actually much better explanations of what it was than what they put out second. Because the second one they put out, the one that <clears> when <throat> I was finally doing the full research, I was like, oh, I'll give it a few weeks and we'll have some better stuff out. It seems less less information, it more vague with See, the second theory. Maybe I'll join the Discord because I found the Discord link. So maybe I'll join it and and mm. come report back next episode, see what the hell <laughs> right. they're, they're talking about. But What is this Judo um, TV? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... As someone who's a, a software engineer and has dabbled in crypto, like I have no idea what the hell this is. Like, mm -hmm. makes no sense to me. So, I think they're just betting on a lot of people buying into the NFT craze, or like I said, money laundering. Yeah. So allegedly, allegedly, yep. allegedly. <laughs> and if you if you have bought one, let us know how, what it is, how it works, and uh, the which system do they make you buy it on? Cause I know a lot of these NFTs, you have to buy them on a specific system to put them on a thumb drive or put them on your hard drive. Right? Well, that's a, uh, that's a cold store. What are you thinking of is uh, cold storage. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I put all my stuff on the paper storage. Like oh, literally yeah. I 
pieces of paper that acts as the the wallet with your barcodes <laughs> yeah yeah because the i have backups obviously but like mm-hmm. if the flash drive fails and you're screwed so that's where you get those special titanium something something ones <laughs> no you, you need multiple flash drives then if you're going to do that but um yeah i again <laughs> that's stupid so <laughs> Yeah, so let us know if you've bought one. Please give us the information. I really want to know what this stuff is and how it worked out for you. And what do you guys think of the pictures? That's the one thing. Is this something you guys willing to? It is an investment. It is you're supporting judo, but are these pictures worth it? You're su- I don't no, think no, no. so. You're supporting IJF. Don't please don't say you're supporting judo. You're supporting IJF. <laughs> okay, you're supporting IJF. <laughs> I much rather you just give that much. That's why I want you to do. Okay. If you're going to buy one of these NFTs, I'd much rather you go to your local dojo judo club and just give them donation of the money. Okay. Go support the students. Go buy some geese for them. Maybe buy some equipment. Buy some tatami mats, maybe if you can. Okay. Yeah. Go support the individuals. All right. Or as a player that you like, this is something that I've talked about before. And to get off topic now, it's going to want to get a little serious right now. Or support a judo podcast. <laughs> There's no way for you to support us. We don't have a Patreon. We don't have, we have no way people paying us. So you just got to buy our NFTs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to get some ugly ass. Yeah, let, let, me make up a ro- I'll, I'll, let me make up a roadmap of my own. Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Support Tatami Talk. <laughs> yep. I make NFTs. <laughs> just, some, just our heads on like suits, judo geese, <laughs> leather jackets. <laughs> All right, Sandy, so is there anything else you want to talk about? No, and I'm, st- I'm starting to crash from the tournament because I literally <laughs> competed and then I had to t- take our the guy to the emergency room and then went back <laughs> and then watched the rest of my teammates fight. And then uh, I came back and I took a bath and I did the pot. We're doing a podcast right now. So you've had a very <laughs> busy day today. Yeah. I appreciate it. I know our fans appreciate it out there too. So please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me at the Jira underscore one on Instagram. You follow Anthony at the Instagram. You follow the, our Judah Tommy Talk itself at Instagram at the Tommy Talk. You can follow us on YouTube at the Tommy Talk, which we have a new video up right now talking about what's in our judo bag, which is a little fun video. And also, if you have any questions, speaking, speak, you- speaking mm-hmm. of the judo bag video. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, oh, oh yeah, yeah. We, so for those who forgot, we we already we're bringing back the short videos. Uh, just taking some time to edit them and record them because we had some technical difficulties. I'm te- using the new camera, like, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, check out the new videos. We have the new "What's in Our Bag" video, and you know, in the video, you made fun of me carrying that trash bag. <laughs> the trash bag came into use today. Let's just say, let's just oh. put it that way. <laughs> oh no! Oh, the, the guy who got no, yeah, I know it was. I know the bathroom was busy, but God, no, the, guy, the guy who got a concussion, the medic was like, he might throw up in the car while you drive him to the ER. And I was like, trash bag. Like, no. <laughs> 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 Boom. I'm set. <laughs> so with the last one I'm going to put out there, if you have any questions, things you want to go over, things you want to talk about, like we did about the NFT episode right now, you can hit us up at the Tommy talk at gmail.com. So anything with that, is that it now? Yep. All right. So with that, don't forget to slap the mat. <laughs>